Hi everyone, it's Anya. Today I have a treat for you. I interviewed Penny Kelly, a very interesting uh, woman. Her website is called consciousnessonfire.com. And uh, Penny had a Kundalini awakening 40 or so years ago and has been fully conscious since then. And so she talks a little bit about what that actually means. For example, she didn't sleep for three years after the awakening. Um, and she shares that being fully conscious is maybe not such a blessing as uh, many might think. And um, shortly after she had this awakening, she also received uh, visitations from little men in robes. And she also wrote a book about this where she shares her story. This looks like this, The Ropes, Penny Kelly, uh, which you can get on her website. And these uh, little men in ropes uh, took her to the future as far as 2413, I think she said. Uh, and also to our time now, which was the future back then. This all happened in the 80s. So she has a lot to share about um, the rocky times uh, right now, 2018, 19, until 2025, I believe. Um, my um, reason to talk with her was mainly uh, to talk with her about cryptocurrencies because I had watched many, many interviews with her on YouTube and I'm going to link to a few in, in the description below. Uh, and in one of them, she had mentioned that she had bought Bitcoin um, just in a side sentence. And I thought, oh, someone who has been to the future buys Bitcoin. I'm sure she knows a little more than the average person about cryptocurrency. So I was really um, interested in hearing her view and thoughts on cryptocurrencies and the changes that our world and humanity is going through and about to go through. So I think I'm going to post two versions of this video because, of course, we went into all sorts of directions and spoke about many, many different consciousness-related things. Um, yeah, so I'm going to make a small one just uh, on cryptocurrencies, and then I'm also going to post the full version here. I hope you enjoy this. I certainly did. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. today, actually, we want to talk about money, or I want to talk about money with you. Oh, yeah, okay, very good. <laughs> and the future of money and whether, whether this could be cryptocurrencies or not. So this is the main subject of our chat today, but I know we will go off in many different directions. So help me um, to keep this interview on track. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we'll do our best. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm really interested in the, in the evolution of money and the future of money. And since you are someone who has been to the future or has seen the future, I'm so curious what you have seen and what you can share with us. Um, but maybe we should start by giving maybe just a few bullet points of how you became super conscious. <laughs> Uh, what started this and what it means to be fully conscious. Okay. Oh, now that is a question. <laughs> I know because I heard you say that it's actually not such a blessing. And I know that many people want to become more conscious. Mm -hmm. um, 
So yes, start there. <laughs> so let me just say that if you want to become more conscious, you can't be the way you were yesterday or the day before. Mm -hmm. And people just want to glom on to how they already are, but have this extra thing called, you know, consciousness or super consciousness or expanded awareness or whatever. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. The more that you become conscious, the more challenging um, that becomes for, for so many reasons, so many. Um, one of them is just the simple day-to-day decision-making. You start to see into what's the long-term result of that behavior. If that's something you've been doing for a very long time, then it causes this, you know, oh, well, you know, I have to change that. Well, then mm -hmm. you're changing your core. And so that is an, an issue. You, you know, you see when people are fudging the truth, we'll call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and and it, it isn't a matter of judgment. It isn't like you need to get in there and say, well, I think you're lying, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's more a matter of, of are they seeing that that way? Is that what they actually think? Is mm -hmm. that what they actually believe? Um, is that something that they really need to revise? And then you have to let it go because you're not them. Yeah. You have to see it their way. Perception is reality. So, you know, there's that whole thing. And then you see the future. And then you're really like, oh, oh, you know, are we ready? Can we handle this? Mm. Is it going to be okay? Are my family people going to be okay? It's, uh, it's a huge challenge. And, and do you, can you switch it off? Or do um, you constantly see, like, in different dimensions or the, the future development of things? Or is it something you can control? It, you can switch it off, but you can't not know. Mm. If you already know, you're going to know. Yeah. And when you see or hear somebody that you care about, you know, saying something that is totally, you know, you can see where they're going to go with that, and it's not good, then you have to decide, do I say anything? Should I say anything? Mm. What do I say? How do I say it? When do I say it? Um, there's all of that. And then, um, you know, there's, if you're too emotionally involved, you know, and all uptight, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't really decide anything until you, until you get to a moment of clarity. Mm -hmm. And in that moment of clarity, then what you should do comes to you. And so your timing goes off. People are saying, well, what are you going to do? You know, and they're carrying on. And you're like, I, the answer hasn't come yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what people want to hear. Yeah. And so it's really, you know, the consciousness expansion thing is very different. The places where it is really handy have to do with insight into relationships, insight into your own physical self, your body. Mm -hmm. And what it needs and, you know, what, what kind of signals is it giving you? Um, because healing is something that has to happen minute by minute. And, and that's how you stay young, yeah. healthy, 
limber, flexible, open, etc. So, so and for you, everything started thirty something years ago with the Kundalini awakening. Yeah, like unexpected, and then the, a moment later, you were changed. Yeah, you were fully conscious and not ready for it. It well, it doesn't quite happen exactly that way, but that's darn close. Okay. You have a, a full blown, spontaneous, a full awakening. You can mm -hmm. have a partial, but when you have a full awakening, you know something um, has happened. Mm. <laughs> so you um, and and there's this. You know, I didn't know anything about Kundalini or. Or had never heard of it I wasn't into metaphysics anything um, and so you know immediately I began having this knowing what my children were thinking what my partner was thinking he was um, you know he was really not familiar with any of this either um, and I, you know, that has its downside when you know everything your partner is thinking. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, truth is really good, but sometimes we also hide, the, not hide, you know, in order not to hurt the other person. Or you know, there are sometimes good reasons to not say things. I believe um, that is true. <laughs> that is so true. And there's a certain. That's where the compassion. And the unwillingness to hurt another comes in. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where y y it just starts. You know, I started knowing what somebody wanted for dinner. <laughs> and, that can um, be handy. <laughs> yeah, right. So little things like that. And then, yeah. then you know, you get into this period. For me, it was a three-year period of not sleeping because when consciousness awakens you are awake you yeah. don't sleep and so say more about that because that's such an odd thing to even imagine what does it mean to not sleep for three years it means that you are especially if you are like me <laughs> you're telling yourself i didn't get any sleep last night yeah. oh my god and you're dying and you keep reinforcing the idea that you're tired you keep reinforcing the thought that you didn't have any sleep. So it took me three years to learn to say, I'm going to bed, I'm putting this body into the bed, and when this body gets out of the bed, I am going to be totally rested, centered, calm, and relaxed. Mm. And it worked, because when you have kundalini at your back, then a lot of things work that don't ordinarily work for you so in terms just, of consciousness. It's just setting an intention. Right. And as to the question, how does it work? You put your body to bed. After a while, you know, you try not to toss and turn because if you're sleeping with your, your, your spouse or your lover or your partner or whoever, you don't want to disturb them. Mm. And so you lay there, but you eventually you realize that you're out of the body, maybe across the room, and you hear your body breathing like it's asleep, mm. but there you are, wide awake, wide awake. Okay. And then consciousness, then this is a really important piece. The nature of consciousness is to create reality. And yeah. so if nothing's happening, 
and as boring consciousnesses and create reality elsewhere and so then you find yourself caught up in this other reality that some of some of them are pretty fantastic and they reflect the expansion of consciousness and I, I could go on you know for a whole hour about that but um, suffice it to say that when the alarm goes off you're looking at the alarm thinking okay it's going off in three minutes okay two minutes okay one minute. oh there it is <laughs> I have to get up and and then you that's you know you have to have given yourself instructions to awaken fully rested and to let go of mm -hmm. all of the things you saw felt did experienced during the night and yet you're trying to process that the fatigue is uh, it, it got to be almost unbearable mm. and, so you um, went on trips and adventures and learnings and whatever during the during the night and then you wake up in the morning you have to process that while right. you should be processing the day that's right while you sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay and so there's a mental, emotional, and, and spiritual fatigue that is profound. Yeah. And then finally, you begin to learn to, you begin to learn a few things. You have to become utterly silent. So I live in this very silent pool. And then when you get silent, then you discover that telepathy is working because you, ha you live in this pool of peace mm -hmm. and everything is quiet and then all of a sudden across this pool comes this ripple and you know that ripple is some information about somebody or something that either you need to know or people are going to contact you or people are wondering about something and and so you begin to realize oh and so I spent a few years just studying telepathy and how it works mm -hmm. and why it works and and etc and 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 when you say and, and when you say silence um, are you sitting in meditation then intentionally or is this just something that you that happens during the day naturally you've just become silent in your mind <laughs> right right you there's I do not meditate I never really did learn to meditate very well I can do it and when I do it you know, and I'm clear and it's the right moment, then it, there are spectacular results. Um, there are, but to, to address the thing about silence, um, to say that you live in a place of inner silence means that you're, there's no mind chatter going on, or what do they call that, monkey mind? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no... Um, um, what would I call it? There's there's no expectations. Mm -hmm. There's no judgment. There's just you observing. You're not trying. Here's the major thing. You're not trying to make the world conform to what you think it should be or what you t were taught it should be. Mm. You're just observing, and and you're taking you're making note of some of those things, and you're seeing how things really work. And, and what you come to eventually is this deep understanding of the nature of reality. And that is where, that's really where you need to be. Yeah. Is with that deep understanding. So. I want that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, just, I wanted it very badly, you know, after I got to the point where I thought I'm going to go, you know, crazy. Yeah. And, and I didn't. I, I thought I was going insane, but I wasn't. I was expanding. And there yeah. are prices to pay for expansion. Um, some of those prices were very costly for me. Very In terms costly. of relationships or what kind of prices? In terms of relationships, in terms of jobs and career path, mm -hmm. in terms of knowing the future, in terms of money and choices, it, I lost everything. I mm -hmm. lost everything. And, and you have to, at some point, rebuild. And that rebuilding is wonderful. And usually you're stumbling badly. Uh, during that rebuild process, but pretty soon it comes together, and pretty soon you get a a sense of this, you know, what would I call it, a, a path that you had never considered, mm -hmm. and that you're moving along that path very well, very smoothly, and even almost effortlessly. And things come, as soon as you get on your path, the true path, your true reason for being here, Things begin to happen, doors open, um, it, it becomes clear that the nature of reality is such that when you are in that center self, the core self, and you're operating from that core, then you, you draw things to mm -hmm. you, and they are all things that you need or want or Things that you might not even think you're ready for, but you're still pulling it toward you. And it's quite magical yeah. in some ways. I hate to use the term magic, but it's quite magical. And don't you think it's one of those things that um, life gave you as a gift? You know, even though you lost everything, but it's those things when we think in hindsight, it's the best thing that could have happened to me, even though I didn't want it or wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you end up, uh, I think back every so often, it's been, it'll be 38 years, or be 40 years this November when the first signs of it began. In February of 2019, it'll be 40 years that the first explosive um, expansion of consciousness happened. Mm -hmm. And I often still, after all this time, I'll think, how did that happen? You know, why me? Yeah. I wasn't looking for it, didn't know about it, wasn't ready. But you get ready. Yeah. Ready or not, yeah. here it comes. <laughs> and knowing what you know now, being super conscious, uh, is that something that you decided before you came into this life, maybe? I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I had quite a few messages one of them that was most meaningful to me was the observation from maharishi mahesh yogi that i was yeah, yeah. i know yeah. him <laughs> <laughs> i do transcendental meditation <laughs> yeah i, I don't but well, i don't do it every day but don't tell anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay you know what every step every breath is my meditation I That's hope to get there one day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everything is, is very, very conscious in, in many ways. And, 
and it's really wonderful and it's it's much easier than you know the other way Before. yeah <laughs> which yeah. is very the other way is so draining it's so difficult it's so unnatural so it's yeah. you, you come away from that tired and fatigued and so i think to myself okay uh, i can't i can't go that way i'm not that isn't me anymore yeah uh, and, and what did the maharishi say i interrupted you there um he just it was a message relayed to me by one of his students she gave him my book because he had said um nobody gets through kundalini without a guru and mm. so she gave him a copy of my my book the evolving human and he read it and he handed it back and he said to her she was already a master mm. and i was like oh i need all right then because <laughs> i was not doing very well mm. and it was one of those little moments of oh really you think so <laughs> and well, he says we are all enlightened yeah even though i don't feel like that but um <laughs> yeah. yeah well enlightenment true enlightenment is when you turn you begin turning into light mm. it's not an intellectual state and I have been working on that for a while, and I have some photos that are pretty amazing. Mm. So, yeah, I was showing those about a year ago in one of my presentations, and just the other day I thought, I should put those on the web because that yeah. would be interesting for people to see, oh, yeah, there's some progress being made here. Like, and being uh, of light meaning like, like you measured that or because I, I keep hearing like our DNA or if we really break it down we are actually made of light or I can't repeat it but it's something I heard and which I found really interesting but that's how do you mean it that we are that's exactly what I mean. Okay. I mean I mean that you begin generating light mm. and you generate it and I've been with beings who are made purely of light and it became clear after a while, you know, long story short, that that's where we are designed to go mm -hmm. if we want to start down that path. And that is something that is very, um, it's, it's not difficult to do. <clears throat> a couple of things, you need to eat a little less food mm -hmm. and you need to stay you need to exercise because the body has to be in good shape in order to generate light and and then it's part of it is breath breath work and the rest is intention mm. and so you put all that together and you can increase the amount of light you have and the amount of energy moving through the system and that begins to generate light mm. Have you I written think, about this in any of your books already? Yeah. I, I, in Volume 3, Consciousness and Energy, Volume 3, I wrote uh, the beginnings of that. I had been doing a fast. I decided I wanted to do this fast. And I started turning into light. And mm. I won't go through the whole thing. It's The story is in, the, in that book. But mm. I learned a lot from that. And... And, and I quit the fast two days short of the 40 days. 40 days, gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 
I, and I, I had, after only six days, I had re-triggered Kundalini, and mm -hmm. so I was dealing with that again. But what I've, what I've learned is that that is the path, that is what we're designed to do. We come here to change ourselves at the core. Mm. And and the, all the stresses and the lessons and the interactions and the disappointments and the and the wonderful excitements all of that changes us, mm. and and that's what we're after, and and that is really that core change. You need a whole series of those until you come to this place where you have achieved what's called purity. Mm -hmm. And it, purity just simply means that you never have a negative, uncreative thought. Wow. And in my dealings with some of the very, very advanced beings, I would, they would say, just do this. And I would say, but what if, and they would say, just do this. And I would say, well, I think maybe if I just do that, then blah, blah. And they would say, just do this. And, and that happened over and over, and, and I got to this point where I realized that they would not engage in the worrying. They would not engage in anything that was um, not helpful. Their intensity of emotion and thinking bonded together mm -hmm. was what made things happen. Yeah. And at that point, I thought, oh. That's why they live in the world they live in, because yeah. they refuse to entertain anything negative. And then I got a message from one of my, one of my quote-unquote friends <laughs> from other places who said, that's what purity is, mm. pure intention, yeah. pure intention to create, to be of service, to help to this that whatever yeah and i thought oh mm. okay. but i like to argue <laughs> <laughs> i don't so, yeah like oh okay i have some work to do <laughs> okay so you mentioned your friends in other places uh they started visiting you also after you had your awakening uh yeah. some time later and um they started showing you the future if I remember correctly. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to lead into the future of money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, that is an excellent place to start and an excellent place to end for that matter <laughs> because everything is different. Um, by, uh, by 2021, so many things were different mm. when when I was with them I was looking at things and we visited the first 25 years of the 2000s so it was from 2000 and and this was happening in 1980 okay wow so we were visiting from 2000 to 2025 oh my nothing but chaos nothing but disintegration and they said you have to develop a vision, an idea, a plan, something that you can hang on to. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you're not going to make it. All you're going to see is death and destruction and disintegration. And by you, they meant you or humanity? 
they meant humanity. Okay. They were speaking to all of us. Yeah. And and I thought, okay, we we can do that. But I wasn't. I was. <laughs> this was like the second year of Kundalini. I was falling apart, and they're yeah. showing me all this stuff, and I'm like. You you know would you guys just leave me alone? I'm trying to get my life on track here, yeah. and they just kept on coming back with more pictures of the future, and and the the things that changed the most. They always explained why that change happened, what was going on, and and the basic I would say the bottom line for almost all the changes were that we had grown. We mm -hmm. had grown spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and we had grown and matured beyond the structures that were currently in place in the 80s. Yeah. So by 2025, almost none of those structures were still in place. Mm -hmm. And that encompassed the religious structures, the the social structures and social nets I guess you would call it and the um, I, I would say the and the financial certainly the financial and the food agriculture systems mm. housing relationships everything was different and I you know I've been a counselor for uh, probably 35 years now coach counselor um, spiritual director and what I started just kind of naturally looking for were some proof that they were wrong <laughs> yeah. and, and what and at first I was like yeah they, they had that all wrong you know because I was only looking for mm. maybe five or ten years ahead but then all of a sudden everything started to change mm. and, and the wall I, came down the berlin wall came down that's something i think they told you before i'm in yes. berlin right now so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they said the berlin wall will come down and you're going to be there in germany you know shortly before that oh, okay and i was like ain't no way <laughs> ain't no way. Yeah. I'm not interested in Europe at all. I would never go there. I don't have any reason to go there. So this is, what, 1980. Mm -hmm. In 1989, I have a daughter who's married. She's in the Army. She's military intelligence. She's working in Berlin, you know, <laughs> and Frankfurt, etc. And she's like, oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So I so was there. Evidences happened. So at some point you started believing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I started looking for signs and mm. then I started seeing signs. And when I first saw the cryptocurrency, um, it was probably 10 years ago, maybe. Well, Bitcoin is just about 10 years old now. Yeah. Oh, that's, it yeah. was when it first came out. And I was electrified. It's like, there's that money. Wow. There it is. So, so you were shown a new kind of money um, way digital, back then? Digital money. There, mm. was no, there was no cash. There was no uh, 
we didn't even think about money the way that we think about it now. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking on what I thought were television screens because we didn't really have personal computers like we yeah. do now. Yeah. Because that's 40 years ago. And I, people do with telecommunication was done on television and political stuff was done on television. And I was just um, trying to get my mind around that. And I did see some amazing technology. Mm -hmm. was just astounding healing technology, um, manufacturing technology. Uh, at the time I called it chemical technology, but what I realize now is that it was plasma technology mm. and it's and i saw the education system of the future the medical system of the future the and when we talk future we're talking between now and 2050 so okay. that's within our lifetime and yeah. that and we went out as far as 24 13 and by that time uh everything everything was majorly different mm -hmm. um the way that we grouped all the cities were gone. A lot of people were gone. That caused me a great deal of grief. Mm. Um, and there was a there was a different way of handling communications. There was a different way of thinking about what was important in life. Houses were different. Eight or ten people would live in a big house all together, and. Uh, and they would maintain that, and, and the kitchen was a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. We didn't have kitchens like we have now with all the tools and the knives and the equipment and all that because they didn't cook hardly anything. Mm -hmm. you just When you were hungry, you went in the greenhouse and you got something to eat. Okay. And um, a lot of people were eating... I didn't recognize what it was at the time. It was this white, it looked kind of like yogurt. Mm -hmm. And it was some sort of substance that had all these frequencies embedded in it. And a teaspoon of that was all you needed for nutrition for the entire day. Wow. And so people were generally very slim. And they were, everybody was focused on... Um, mm -hmm what would I call it? They were focused on developing consciousness, not, you know, the current focus is getting a job and getting an education and then getting a good job and then getting married. Yeah. But, so, yeah, but the currency do people, thing. Do people uh, go still work in that uh, 2,400 something you said? Do people still work? Do we still have money in that time? They had means of exchange, mm -hmm. but the means of exchange, first of all, we didn't have bookkeeping systems anymore. We had record-keeping systems, mm -hmm. and the records were of your skill set, everything about your childhood, including pictures and voice recordings mm -hmm. from the time you were an infant, um, everything you had done and learned. Everybody had like a portfolio of information about themselves and then that was kept in the family and the families were anywhere from 20 to 2,000 people wow. with an average being about 200 people and the families traded 
people. If this family over here was doing a specialty thing, and this family over here had a kid who wanted to learn that specialty, then they would send that child to that other family kind of um, as an intern mm. kind of thing. Um, some families had a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. You had to be careful. Some had a phenomenal reputation. Um, each family was very unique. It was really interesting to see the differences in um, beliefs in daily life practices, although almost everybody um, everybody worked at something. You, you didn't, the family worked as a unit to provide food, clothing, and shelter. There wasn't much transportation. There was some. There was a, something that moved through the air. Mm -hmm. It was not a car. There were no roads. Um, and most of the forests and the fields had overgrown. It was really very, it felt like you were in a wilderness. There were walking paths in these big family places where they'd have maybe three dozen, you know, houses um, and then a couple of community buildings mm -hmm. and et cetera. But, um, the you didn't have your work was to contribute to the family yeah and then for that you got room and board and education and access to technology which was phenomenal mm -hmm. and um the and the most important thing that you learned as you were coming up the first 12 years was how to survive on in mother nature mm. that was the main thing how to assess and they're uh, the programmers oh 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 um the programmers of the future were programming everything from weather to um i'll say to manufacturing programs to uh music to you name it mm -hmm. anything that we consume today was being created uh virtually mm -hmm. And that was very interesting to watch. And so I, I came to the conclusion that the, the, you know, the future was going to be very different in terms of priorities mm -hmm. and in terms of who was important in the society because it was clear that the programmers were key. Yeah. Absolutely key. Yeah, and they were mm -hmm. working on phenomenal kinds of technologies and just amazing things it's it's very interesting it sounds like in, a, in one way we're going back to the past in the way we live like in communities and really basic on the other hand we have all of this technology and That's it right. sounds like we are just removing all of the the distraction of having to make a living so yes. we can fully con concentrate on The, our growth and our evolution or whatever we come into this life for expand our consciousness whatever that's really a good way to put it um i hadn't thought of it that way removing all the distractions because everybody was focused on uh first of all the raising of the children second of all um stabilizing whatever they needed to have for food etc et even though they had this amazing food technology yeah. they were still a very um 
they, a lot of effort went into, uh, let's digress to agriculture for just a moment. <laughs> uh, a lot of energy went into uh, treating seeds and plants of various kinds with very advanced and very powerful energies. These were plasma energies. Mm -hmm. And that food then had a different characteristic to it than the food we have today. Mm. And then that food, the, the energies, so there was this working relationship with Mother Nature. Okay, Mother Nature, we're going to treat these seeds and then we'll see what you do with it. And so then the plant would come up and, and the food would be produced and then they would, somehow they would blueprint that uh, the, the energy matrix of that food and they would copy that and then they would put that into this creamy stuff mm -hmm. like yogurt. And so there was very active, and, and people had, quote-unquote, real food mm. <laughs> as, as kind of a treat. And uh, high-frequency food that then also, I guess, supports your body in supporting your consciousness. That's uh, right. That's right. Yes. And, and so the whole agricultural thing was, if, you're, if your family wasn't producing food, you were going to be hungry. There was no big agricultural sector the way that we do it today. Yeah. And a lot of that actually had faded by 2040 and 2050. I didn't see any of that. You were raising food. A lot of it was indoors because the weather was not good and couldn't be trusted. <laughs> Most of all, it couldn't be trusted because there were people messing with it. But that they needed to do that in order to learn how to manage that weather. You have to learn as a civilization how to manage the environment. That's atmosphere, electricity, water, and other things, mm -hmm. minerals, because the space is full of, of other minerals that we haven't discovered yet. Um, and and in order for us to become a space-based civilization, that's a necessary stage. So we're in that right now. And there are people who are unscrupulous, who are messing with a lot of things, but they're learning a lot. And that, that's, it's too bad that they are unscrupulous, but at the same time, you know, the, if we can get through it without doing ourselves in too much, We'll be okay. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like intention will become not more important, but we will become um, better at creating through intention. That's and right. at the same time, we have the technology also that helps us create uh, better conditions. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And let me go back to cryptos for just a moment. Um, the moving of money from this physical stuff to this digital stuff, to the virtual money, is a, it's really an important step because we have to begin to assess what's really of value. Mm -hmm. What is really of value? And that move from uh, gold and silver to dollars to cryptos 
is part of that evolution of our thinking about what's really of value. And we can't just cut off the money because we have this whole planet full of people who have now been taught to think that money is their survival. They don't know how to operate in Mother Nature anymore. They don't know how to grow food. They don't know how to process food. They don't know how to preserve food. Mm-hmm. And some people would rather die than have to kill and dress an animal. Um, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. And so the digital, the move to digital, that's a really important phase. And it's a phase that shifts all of the power. And that power shift is what's really important. Yeah. And uh, when I was thinking of, you know, before we got online and I was kind of excited about the whole conversation, I thought, you know, there's one thing that I really want to get across. And that is that the, the powers that be, current powers that be, have had control over a lot of stuff, that is, a lot of gold and a lot of silver, and then a lot of dollars, and they want control over the cryptos, but they don't have it yet. And they, I don't think they're going to get it. Mm. That's the hard part for them. Um, and, and by choosing crypto, you choose to end the old system. Yeah. You choose to get out of that. And I think that that's going to be a necessary and important choice for us. Um, There is a learning curve and there's all kinds of infrastructure that is not in place. And by the time we get the infrastructure in place, we're going to be moving past, you know, money altogether. But we still have another 25 or 30 years of fiddling with some means of exchange. And it's only as the population goes down, Mm -hmm. which it it does eventually go down. We've, we've finally come to this nice balance point. But as it goes down, the, the issue of money goes down. And I never quite have been able to get my mind around what actually happens there. Mm-hmm. That we, that as I, I, the only thing I've been able to come up with, and I've come to this several times and thought, is this right? is that as the population drops, people somehow end up thinking it's not money that's important, it's people that Mm -hmm. are important. Mm -hmm. And we're losing people, and we have more money than we know what to do with, And but we don't have enough people to do Mm -hmm. stuff. And Mm -hmm. that changes our perception and so the the nurturing of people, a lot of people can't have babies. They're not healthy enough over the next 25 years. Wow. So it's um, so, there changes. Yeah. So I, I also feel that cryptocurrencies are just a phase. Uh, yeah. I believe one day we have no money anymore. But I also believe we need this phase, <laughs> like yeah. said, because we are still wired in a certain way. That's right. Um, but you're saying this will be as soon as like 2050 that we start to use less money or phase yeah. out money? Yeah, 25-0, 2050. 
So, so that's soon. That's in 25 in yeah, that's 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And and it there's there's some ups and downs in that. And I have some gaps, uh, you know, I kind of have looked at it and thought, I should go and look at 2200. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you just go and check? <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> you know, you go and you look and you see, and then you you have to have time to do that and time to put the world aside. And, mm. and I have just been so busy that I'm running from morning to night and yeah. dealing with people from morning to night. And every so often I think, I'm going to go look and see blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, you know, two more years go by and I think, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go do, uh, sorry, don't do it. But once in a while, when yeah. I get really curious about something, I will begin to see pieces that mm -hmm. begin to come in. And I began to collect those pieces. Yeah. And you also mentioned in one of the interviews I watched, I think you described the future like this, that it can go in all sorts of directions. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. How do you know that whatever future you have seen is the one we are going to? What if you've been here and we are going there? <laughs> Very good. Excellent question. You don't. You don't know. You And here's the thing, this comes back to what the little men in brown robes kept saying over and over and over. You are creating the future. Mm, here's yes. what we, here's the possibility. We can show you what you could create, but if you don't create it, it isn't going to happen. Yeah. And they kept harping on, harping is not the right word, but bringing up this fact that the reality is much more dynamic. And, you know, here in the hand, we've got, what, one, two, three, four, five possible paths. They had 500 possible paths. Mm. And when you begin to understand the scientific principle of superposition, you and superposition, the definition is that everything exists in all possible states so what's to prevent us from kind of taking a detour over into another reality zone mm -hmm. what's to prevent I, it, it's so dynamic it's and what you choose minute by minute is very important mm -hmm. and, and so to answer your question about how can we know that that comes down to you have to know what you want you have to be firm and clear about what the outcome of that is you have to be willing to look at the stages you have to go through in order to get there and then you have to be willing to walk that path and make those choices even if they're difficult choices and and you'll get there you'll create it and that it's that simple and it's very powerful yeah and most people are not there they are like I was back in 1979 and 78 and etc they think that it just happens I'm a victim mm. just coming at me I don't have any power I don't have any control yeah and that's not true yeah, and that's what we hear from everybody, even from scientists now. So, 
Yeah, but we need yeah. to keep hearing it in all sorts of languages. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm listening to uh, Bruce Lipton. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I yeah. love him. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And, you know, they are all saying the same thing. Like you, everybody's saying the same thing, but in different ways. And we need different people in different languages speaking to us. Right. Until we get the message. <laughs> that is so yeah. true. Because something that Bruce says, somebody else is going to get and something that I say, somebody's going to go, oh, that's what that means. Yeah. And, you know, somebody else is going to hear another person and it'll sink in. So it has to be said in a lot of different yeah. ways. Yeah. And as long as we have still chaos in the world, obviously we haven't gotten the message. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gosh. Oh, there's so many things. Um, also related to cryptocurrency is, of course, the um, topic of decentralization, which is also what you already mentioned when you talked about the redistribution of power. That's right. Um, and I see this in many different areas. I only became aware of it once I got involved with Bitcoin and I heard the term decentralization for the first time. But then... I realized where, like even Brexit and the EU, you know, is now a symptom of decentralization to me. And in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, why? <laughs> and now I'm like, hmm. uh -huh. maybe it's natural evolution of society, humanity, or maybe there's even, well, in the beginning, I couldn't see anything good about it. And now I'm like, maybe this is a good thing. So, of course, I also don't understand everything about politics. So, um, I'll tell you what, it's the politics uh, subject is pretty, people get really passionate about that. And yeah. a lot of people are just really looking at a tiny piece and they're defending that piece for all they're worth. And I'm like, what about the big picture? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the big picture is what the robe said. And, and every so often I think about what is happening here in the U.S. and the effort to, quote-unquote, make America great again, which I love, and I also know that you can't go back. We can make America greater than it was before, but we can't go back to making it great the way it was mm. yes. mm. and And the rest of the, and the robe said, you're moving past nations. You're moving yeah. past that. And that's the whole effort that is, you know, that's at the core of Trump's work. And, and so I've come to this place of, okay, we cannot, we can't, I don't think we can continue with nations because it's an artificial separation between the hearts and minds of people. Mm. Everybody, I would love to be in communication and contact with people in Russia and people in China and people, and, and I actually am in communication with a lot of people in almost every continent yeah. um, around the world because I have clients around the world. And so I hear firsthand, and yet if I were to write a letter to, say, Vladimir Putin, I would be immediately suspect you can't do that. Mm. That's against the national rules. Yeah. And and I don't like that. I don't like having certain people set off as untouchable. Mm. And, and so that's something that uh, is a 
it's a nuisance. It's yeah. just a nuisance. So and I, borders are also so weird. The, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I just float up and I look, I'm like, what, who yeah. ever invented borders? <laughs> right. <laughs> When you look at at a globe of the world, it's like I, I don't see any borders in there. And I'm always like, do other planets do that? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're moving past nations, and what's what replaces that is this uh, die off of population because mm. people have been spoon fed by nations by national governments mm. who spoon feed those people in order to get their votes and their cooperation and their support and their, uh, the, what do you call that, the results of their work. Capitalism shovels money up the mountain to the person at the top. Mm. And that just doesn't, it can't continue. Yeah. You can't have this huge disparity between people who are hungry and people who have an ungodly, unrealistic amount of money. You know, I often want to say to Bill Gates, what is the matter with you hogging all that money? What yeah. are you thinking? Yeah. You know, that there's people that are hungry, do something. Yeah. And, and he doesn't see that, or somebody, I don't know, I don't want to pick on Gates, but, but sometimes I'd like to pick on those really, really wealthy people and say, look, open up. Open up. We have a future, a fabulous potential that's designed into the human body. Mm. Why don't we develop that instead of trying to cut off the people at the bottom that you describe as useless eaters? I don't go for that. Develop everybody because when you develop the consciousness, you begin to create a state of balance yeah. and a state of health yeah. and common sense. And that is also why I believe blockchain, blockchain technology that underlies Bitcoin and all of these cryptocurrencies, are, this technology is a result of a new consciousness because right. it facilitates this even distribution. And yes, there will still be rich people, but when the rich get richer, the poor get richer too in That's this right. new system. And in our current system, it's yes. profit for a few and well-being for all. That's, this is how I always think of the difference between the old and the new paradigm. Very nice. Um, Very nice. So that's why uh, recently somebody said again, oh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is a pyramid scheme. And <laughs> oh, wow. They don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still so much yeah, I, education to do. <laughs> I think the first time it really hit me, the power of blockchain, I was reading somebody, some analyst's uh, work, and he just laid it right out there. He said, you know, this blockchain has the power to hold all of the details of every transaction, and, and that's going to make it unnecessary for the government to have all these records that they keep in all these offices. Mm -hmm. So here in America, we have property taxes we have to pay we have to pay on uh, the fact that we own a house or we own a boat or we own an airplane or we own a car there's all kinds of fees associated with ownership and the only way that they're able to track that ownership is because the capitalist system has created this, this system of records and offices 
that you know people if you want to drive a car you could drive one maybe for a little while without the the driver's license mm -hmm. and without the tags the you know the registration and the license plate on the back of the car or the mm -hmm. front um but somebody's gonna see that some some official is gonna notice that you don't have a license plate on your car yeah. sooner or later and you're gonna get a ticket and that is going to um, be their price exacted it's, it's you know they're trying to get money out of yeah. people all the time but also this whole system costs so much money yeah there, I mean most of the people in I think any country in any population are working as these record keepers that's right and when blockchain takes over of course all I mean many people are scared to understand a little bit or, or have learned a little bit about blockchain decentralization means that all these jobs will disappear so many people will lose their jobs and I'm like yay <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to spend our life in the in nine to five rat race anymore and uh, there will be the blockchain on the other hand of course brings many opportunities for extra and different income yeah. um, so we uh, oh there's so many things yeah I'm, I'm working with an organization now who wants to raise consciousness in the world by getting more people to meditate and they will build an app on the blockchain which pays people for meditation oh wow <laughs> so okay and in the same way so many things will be tokenized and we will be, we'll be rewarded for little things that we are doing for free right now that are just part of our day like That's posting right. on Facebook or something we content we create content on Facebook why aren't we getting paid for that That's why right. are only certain people here <laughs> so anyway um, so I'm not worried about all of us losing our jobs because we will have a replacement for that income and of course it will it has to come but it will come I'm very certain well you have been to the future you know more about this than I don't possibly hopefully. <laughs> well we're headed we're headed into a time when um, and I think it's pretty close now actually mm. I've been a little more worried about what's going to go on in Europe than I have in the US mm. um, there's this period of chaos between we're in it right now but between 2015 and 2021 and it reaches its most intense point in 2018 19 20 yeah and by 2021 there's there the money system is not there the money and I've seen that over and over and I keep thinking can we have a dual system to kind of you know, go but through. isn't the dual system? Isn't Bitcoin? I mean, this is the yeah. reason I'm expecting the next financial crisis any day now. Uh, I am too. Yes, yeah. and um, many people do. So I, this is why I bought Bitcoin. Yeah, that's the only reason that I thought. Okay, I don't know whether this new system wins or whether the old system stays on. I just there want to have money in both places. <laughs> so That's right. I don't need to care which one will win. I hope we will go towards decentralization, but how can I possibly know? So yeah. that was my reason, uh, that was my way to bring a part of my money to safety, basically, yeah. and get prepared. Um, so what Did do I you know about this? 
Yeah, ditto. I have told clients, you know, it's about gold, mm. silver, land, jewelry or jewels or precious stones. Yeah. Some art or sculpture that's valuable and your cryptos. Yeah. Period. That's it. That is the whole fiat system. This is just not looking very good. And yeah, I, and it has a lifespan. Every fiat currency has a lifespan, and I think we are way overdue. overdue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, with the euro, not yet so much. The dollar, yes. Um, yeah, but definitely. If if the, I think the next financial crisis, yeah, it will just. There will be no mercy for any currency. I, I don't know. I'm, I, it's yeah. just. <laughs> yeah, I think it's everywhere. already blowing up. Nobody is talking about it. I think people have been kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> are we good? Are we. But we see Venezuela, what's happening there, and how um, there's a cryptocurrency called Dash that is yeah. saving, um, really life saving yeah. for people right now. So. And who knows, maybe this is just a small example for the whole world in a couple right. of years. I know. I look at the cryptos and I remember way back when hearing about, um, I, think it, I think it was, I called it dog coin, but I think it was doge, doge coin. coin. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, at the time, I was like, you know, the, the story was that somebody started it as a joke yeah. and it took off. And I thought, oh, look at that. Even dog coin is doing yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there were crypto kitties and uh, so all the uh, dogs and cats uh, are on the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think as we build out the infrastructure for exchange, yeah. that's a critical piece. A very critical piece, and mm -hmm. I am so excited about that. And I'm kind of watching, thinking, "Come on, come on, keep going." Yeah. It's it's important because that's where the old system and the new system clash, and the old system still has power. That's true. Um, to yeah. cut off the channels, how we can exchange, and that's why also I think next year will be really the year of the decentralized exchange. Um, so yeah. we, yeah, well, hopefully it will be. Yeah. Um, but you I, mentioned somewhere, so you mentioned that you bought Bitcoin and you also mentioned that only a few of them will make it. Um, everybody, I think, knows that or thinks that way. But which ones, which are the cryptocurrencies that are going to make it? <laughs> the, well, here's, here's some things that I have seen or read or, you know, got some pretty good information about. But the things I've seen is that if you don't want to make any mistakes, you don't want to take any risk, then Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, um, and Litecoin are really it. Yeah. Now, Ethereum is, Ethereum has some potential, but right now it has a ton of problems. Yeah. And it has been used for some pretty ugly things. Mm -hmm. And that's going to come out. And I think that that's going to affect what Ethereum does. Oh. Ethereum, Ethereum Classic may do okay. So, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin are like the three stars 
uh, you know, in the sky. But um, that's something that you have. That's what I've seen. You've seen this. Yeah. With your consciousness. Right. Okay. <laughs> so then uh, what I've seen in terms of other coins is that they're, oh, they're kind mm. of up and down and around. Some of the, there's a couple that I have seen that just keep coming back up to the top. Mm. Um, Veritasium is one of them. And, uh, and there's another one. I forget what that other one is. And then there's a few that I have seen that are mediocre. Mm. But you don't lose. Mm. You don't lose, but they're only mediocre. That's when you buy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they never get above mediocre. And, yeah. And those, you know, the the ones that are really mediocre, um, are really Ethereum. Yeah. Which it goes against I everything. No, yeah. I also I uh, buy or like the the ones that I invest in is based on a lot of research but also on a feeling on intuition and you know yeah and good. ethereum gives me nothing i have no <laughs> okay Did I, have one, I have one ether that i bought okay. last year when it was i don't know 15 yeah. or 20 dollars so wow. i'm not keeping that so i can't go into minus on that anymore but i yeah it's just yeah. No matter how many good things people will say about it, I just have no relationship. With, I don't know. Very good. And it has that, been used. Uh, on the other hand, that's my that's my that I'm super connected. Feel super connected to. Yeah, Dash and Digibyte both do pretty well. Mm. Um, there's uh, there. Let's see what else is there. Um, I think it's. Cron or Crone or K R O N is one of them. Okay. Or maybe it's Tron. Tron, uh, that rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, that one does not do well. Yeah, there was a big hype and then, well, everything went down since. Uh, oh, did it? Okay. See, I have a yeah, it's good. It's good not to check. If you have any yeah. questions, don't, don't look right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to, and here's the other thing. I'm not in it for trading purposes. Yeah. I'm in it for security purposes. Yeah, me too. And, and, and I wanted also, I have told my family, and they're not listening very well, but... I've said to them, get into the the cryptos now because there's this long learning curve. Yeah. So how to handle it. And yes, you can't do a whole lot with it in terms of buying, but you can do some things. Yeah. And and the infrastructure is coming. Yeah. And and we may have some difficulties with the internet in 2019 and 2020 mm -hmm. and that will affect what happens with the cryptos etc mm. but overall if we get through that period then it's pretty clear sailing after yeah. that so and the little man in brown robe said if your internet goes down bring it back up bring it back up it's the symbol of the global brain how can the internet go to, i mean what happens if the internet goes down if the internet goes down, we're on our own. Yeah. You have to, and so I've said to people, have some skills. Know how to grow food. Know how to process food. Know how to make some clothes. Know how to fix an engine or get some kind of, you know, alternative uh, power going. Mm. Know how to repair a house. Know how to 
um, whatever, all of the basic skills. And with that, and we have some really hard lessons around that. And that is why when I have gotten into the future, people teach their children first how to survive. Yeah. It's not about reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's about gardening, growing, and the how to make sure you have a roof over your, yeah. your bed or over your computer. If you don't it's have that, difficult in a city. Yeah. 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 And they, they said to me at one point, and I was like, no, they said, learning not to build these huge cities will be one of the hardest lessons mm -hmm. of your time period, your, your civilization. Yeah. And I love some of those big cities. I'm not a fan, so I won't miss them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love them. They're so full my grandma would say they're so full of piss and vinegar <laughs> so, and you can find anything going on in those cities yeah. art music dance theater oh, so many things it's true but at the same time there's so much loneliness in especially big cities because of the distance and because of all the options the more options you have the more distracted distracted you become and the more non-committed you become because there, there's so much to do and that also reflects on your relationships on your friendships and it's mm -hmm. something i've moved to berlin four years ago and it's something that i'm really <laughs> noticing and i'm like oh, i want to move to a smaller place but then i'm gonna miss the, the international life and right. so right. yeah exactly. i don't know yet <laughs> I know, I, I do know, I, and I've had some of those same difficulties. I'm out here on a farm in the middle of cornfields and grape vineyards, yeah. and, and I love going to the city. I get cabin fever, and yeah. I say, I have to go to town, and town is 30 miles away, and, yeah. and it's got some, some spice to it yeah but i i i can't imagine what we're gonna do without those cities mm. and i do see though i do think that this community style living that we're moving towards to from the sounds of it happen in cities you know i cannot count i, I was gonna go back and, and dig out all the emails i've gotten uh, just thousands of emails from people um, that have said after they read or heard me talk about the book or red robes yeah. um, they have said oh my gosh I've been having these visions that we have to move into these smaller communities we have to uh, get more connected we have yeah. to be more sustainable and I think okay be careful Everything is, uh, especially with the, uh, what do they call that, uh, 21, Agenda 21, mm -hmm. that's all about sustainability, but when you dig into that, it's not about sustainability at all, that's just the buzzword, and, the, and it's really about control, 
And I haven't so, heard that yet. And agenda is that an American, a US thing? Oh uh, my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that is that gets thrown at us over and over. And oh, Donald Trump quit the didn't sign or, or took us out of Agenda 21. It's a plan to take over the world. It's very uh, popular in some places, especially among those who think. I'll say it this way. It's very popular among those who are very naive, mm -hmm. and who haven't really read in between the lines or even read the document mm -hmm. and looked at what are they saying here? What would have to be in place for this to happen? Okay. That, that is something that uh, I, I think is going to mm -hmm. have to, we're going to have to look at, is this real sustainability or is this part of the new world order? Uh, you know, con mm. job. Mm. If it's part of the con job, that's right now. That whole struggle is is just reaching a fever pitch, mm. and that's why I am more worried about Europe than I am about America because mm. the European financial system is really been the heart of much of the Western financial system. And the dollar is actually based in many things that happen in Switzerland and the mm -hmm. Bank of International Settlements. Mm -hmm. And that is getting ready to uh, blow up. And that's going to affect the euro. It's yeah. going to affect the entire, it's going to affect Belgium big time. And that is, and it's, we're right on the doorstep of that. So, so back to sustainability, uh, yes, we do need to be truly sustainable, and that doesn't mean that we get moved en masse or en masse into cities of two million people where we all have 300 square feet to our name and get fed whatever they want to feed us, and, yeah. and it's all very controlled. Yeah. That yeah. just is not going to work. Yeah. So, uh, so many things to understand how they are all connected. It's just, yeah. it's too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to spend a lot of time reading and listening yeah. Yeah. and watching and, and, and you see through a lot of the stories. Um, that's one of the problems of, of intuition is you begin to see the connections that are being made and the things that are being omitted and when somebody makes this announcement it really means that and yeah. <laughs> that it's it were it's worrisome yeah and that also takes a new consciousness or as being more conscious to be able to see that and read between the lines <clears throat> yeah that's true so <clears throat> we all need to become more conscious yeah i heard you say and i know and <laughs> many people know how do we do that? Do you have a tip for us for a fast track to higher consciousness? <laughs> um, how do we do that? Well, so let me say this. I teach it, and I've been teaching it for 38 years. I, I know that um, once you start on that journey, it's something that you can't quit, you can't mm. stop. The journey into the self is the most fascinating journey ever. And people get very scared of their own power. <laughs> you know, I set up 
these various experiences and I do it in a way that people don't realize what they're actually doing until I tell them what they did afterwards. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. And then they're confronted with power. Mm. everybody wants power and everybody's terrified of it. Mm. What does that mean? And I understand because when I first was confronting that and the power to see, the power to hear anywhere in space and time, the power to know, what should I do with that? Yeah. And the yeah. answer is nothing. Sit mm. down, shut up and watch. And that was a hard lesson for me. I thought I had to rescue the world or save the world. And, and that was... An embarrassing <laughs> kind of lesson <laughs> and very very important at the same time yeah and and so I've developed a set of classes and actually I'm just getting ready to upload the first one intuition one online and and it's a process that you go through and if somebody is kind of um, I'll put it this way if someone makes the time and the space to open up to themselves and their skills and somebody else comes in and says just try this mm. see what happens and and there's and what you learn is how amazingly unique how powerful you are how what your own gifts are because everybody's gifts are a little, little bit different yeah and and then the and then I encourage people to go out and use them so that they can make enough mistakes to go, oh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, maybe I shouldn't have said that or maybe I shouldn't have done that. And a lot of times it's perfect. Yeah. It's just perfect. But it's a long process. It takes about a year to go through all seven classes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I make people take a break in the middle of that because – you have to catch up with yourself yeah and and then the and and so you learn to first of all you learn how your equipment works mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> if you and it's amazing what people don't know yeah. so you know the first class is learning how that whole brain and consciousness system works and what you can do with it um and some and some of that is just downright fascinating and then you practice clairvoyance and then it, the, almost the, almost everybody runs right smack into their body because what you realize as you begin to develop the self is that you are your body is your equipment and you yeah. have to keep it in good working order. I think that's the biggest lesson for most of us, including yeah. myself right now, because we've been so like spiritual and mind and like spirit and mind. We're fascinated yeah. with that. And I think many people forget how important the body is for that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then we, we go through dreams. We spend a whole section on dreams and what mm -hmm. dreams are and how that works. And that's fascinating. And then we have a whole section on multidimensionality mm -hmm. and then a whole section on power and then a whole section on higher consciousness, which is, you can call it Buddha consciousness yeah. or Christ consciousness or whatever. Yeah. So. And I, so you can learn clairvoyance and you can learn to awaken Yeah, and be taught. You yes. don't have to have a Kundalini awakening. No, you don't. You don't. It's a matter of practicing, and then you develop some trust in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, to learn to, you have to learn the language, and it's a language of energy. 
Mm -hmm. So once you learn that language, you can see almost anything. And then um, the, and you can interpret the languages that you do see or the, the things that you do see. And then, um, and then there's little things that come along. Like yesterday, I got a letter from someone, uh, I think a, a programmer, a, a woman who is a programmer, and she was describing that uh, she was she had, uh, I think, gone on a bike ride, and she came home, and she was laying on the sofa, and she said, all of a sudden, I was still on the bike, and I was on the sofa. I was in two places at one time. How could that be? And then she was seeing through her own eyelids. And I said, yeah, that happens all the time. And she could see two different worlds at one time. And, and she, she just was an amazing. Um, I don't think she realizes how good she is already. Yeah. And she's a student of yours or a client of yours. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, I said to her, she said, I'm, I'm looking at my, you know, my boyfriend sitting on the end of the sofa and he's doing something and I'm seeing him through my eyelids as well. And he's doing something else. Mm. And I said to her, that's being in two different worlds. That is superposition right there. That is multidimensional experience, hands-on right there in your own lap and she was i'm I'm not sure she got it but (laughs) it'll sink in over time yeah so we have we have skills and i guess a result of this course or these learnings is also that we can create um with more intention and create our reality right that's That's the end result i guess (laughs) yeah i say to people when they first come into class I'm after your power for you because I want you to come to this place where you'll say, because I said so. (laughs) And you don't even blink at your own power. And and to do that, you have to trust your love. You have to trust what you see. You Mm. have to trust what you know. And you have to trust that your insistence is going to lead to something good. Yeah. And that is when you can come to a place of power. And then you learn how to marry thought and emotion very very important to do that because if you're just going to sit on your cushion and think these fine thoughts about what you want to happen nothing is going to happen yeah so there are uncreative thoughts well there's thoughts with no power behind them yeah you have to have some emotion behind them yeah so i tell people hang on to your anger because you want to be able to use a little bit of that anger with the thought that you care about deeply and when you put those two together something happens mm. so you don't want I have to, a lot to learn because i would think but that's a negative emotion i'm going to create something negative <laughs> uh, no all emotions are useful when you know how to use okay. them okay they're important otherwise it's like my friend alvi says you just become a doormat yeah well, that's what we are before we learn how to create a universal doormat, <laughs> or we think we are. <laughs> a universal. I like that. You <laughs> right. can never have enough consciousness, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, actually, the fact of the matter is you are consciousness. Yes. Everything is consciousness. Yes. So every hair has its own little world and its own mindset. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Maybe I can uh, convince my gray ones to change their color <laughs> again. <laughs> uh -huh. I like that. If I have the power, I have the power. Oh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I will